I think I'll just say, I mean, I have very, very few regrets in life, you know, and um, I think I think I'll just say to myself something like, you know, carry on, just carry on as you are. You, you're going to do all right. I think that would be my my message to my younger self. Welcome to the Drew Perlman Show. Think of this podcast as the antidote to the fear, the noise, and the talking heads in the news. The show features an entertaining blend of ancient wisdom, empowering ideas, and cutting edge, healthy living science to optimize your health and your life. All right, so let's dive in and get started. Today's guest on the show is Graham Burnett. Graham teaches permaculture and writes extensively on the subject. He founded Spiral Seed in 2001, and he has worked with projects and organizations including Comic Relief, NatureWise, Green Adventure, and many, many more. He has also written a number of books and booklets, including The Vegan Book of Permaculture, Permaculture, A Beginner's Guide, and Earth Writings. Graham has cultivated his own garden and allotments in South End in Essex, where he lives with his family, and he continues to teach and organize courses both at home and abroad. Graham, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on, Drew. Yeah, this is. Uh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Um, Graham, maybe just to give the listeners a bit of background about you, just talk about your background, particularly in activism that started in the 1970s with the punk movement. Okay, um, well, I guess um, I grew up in the 1970s and I think a couple of significant things happened to me in the kind of mid 1970s. Um, it was very much the time when uh, punk was happening in the UK and I was, it was around about the same time as I was leaving school. And obviously, bands like The Clash and The Ruts, and then a couple of years later, bands like Crass, those were my these were kind of very much coming into culture and very much, you know, very exciting for a young man, you know, 16, 17 years old, just leaving school. And a lot of those lyrics of those sort of bands actually introduced, made me aware of things that were happening in the wider world, beyond my school gates, if you, if you like, um, particularly issues around kind of social injustice and uh, racism and things like that. And that led me very much to activism with Rock Against Racism, which were very much about, I mean, there's a lot of parallels to a lot of what's happening in the UK and indeed in the States and around the world, kind of the rise of the far right, that kind of thing. And it was presenting an alternative to that. And so I became very involved with, like I say, this organisation, Rock Against Racism, and another thing that was called the Anti-Nazi League, which again was about resistance to that creep of those right-wing ideas that were coming into culture and into politics. And I guess that led me into activism in many other ways, um, around kind of animal rights. I got involved with like the hunt saboteurs who used to go out and disrupt fox hunting and things like that in the UK. And through that, got involved with the anti-vivisection movement. Um, and that led into things like, you know, just general activism and protest, I suppose, around kind of things like uh, campaign for nuclear disarmament, um, 
the anti-apartheid movement, um, all kinds of things. I guess we're seeing a pattern emerging here. It's very much anti, you know, and what I was, I was very much defining myself in terms of what I was against, I suppose. And I suppose that was my pathway for the next 20, 25 years or so, very much involved in that milieu of activism, resistance, campaigning, protest. And I think you can kind of do that for so long, but then kind of, you know, you start to feel a little bit like burnout starts to creep in, you know, mm. doesn't matter whether we, you know, we in air quotes won or lost on any particular cause, they in air quotes always have like the next thing lined up, you know, it might be, um, we, um, there was a big protest against the, uh, the poll tax in the uh, late 1980s. And I think we were successful in getting that one turned over. But then the government come up with the next thing, the criminal justice act. There's always something else. Yeah. And I think you can kind of do that for so long. And we kind of reach the point to go, okay, I've defined myself very much in terms of what I'm against. But what am I actually for? And I think that was around about the same time that I picked up a book called The Permaculture Way. Now, The Permaculture Garden by a guy called Graham Bell, who's another permaculturist in the UK. And I'd heard this word permaculture, and I thought, oh, it's something to do with herb spirals and no dig beds and this kind of thing. And uh, I had a, an allotment in the UK, which is like where you can rent a little piece of ground to kind of grow your vegetables and things. And I say, I'd heard this thing, you know, permaculture, which I thought was about herb spirals and things like that. Oh, well, this, this looks an interesting book. It's It'll probably tell me how to make a herb spiral on my allotment. So I bought this book and I read it and it had nothing about herb spirals in it at all. <laughs> but what it did have, it was like, it, it was kind of representing this kind of switching point for me, if you like, because it was all about solutions thinking rather than problems thinking. And it was very much, very important for me in terms of, okay, I know what I'm against, what am I actually for? And I think this book actually, you know, it kind of, like, it was just that kind of, you know, like the Zen Buddhist thing about the whack on the side of the head where you suddenly get this kind of shift of consciousness. Mm. And I think for me, that's what that book represented. And through that, um, a year or so later, I did an introduction to permaculture course in London. And then I did the full permaculture design course, a 72-hour course with a project called NatureWise in North London. And that just introduced me to so many people who are doing all these like amazing things across London, people, you know, growing projects, land projects, community projects, alternative economic projects, things like that. And that kind of led me into this, I guess that was my kind of pathway into permaculture, if you like. So yeah, so I guess that's a little bit of my story. Um, I'm actually in Essex, which is about 30 or 40 miles outside of London. And so I guess that's where a lot of my activism has been within my kind of local community and the place where I live and uh, the people I'm around. So I guess, yeah, that's that's kind of, um, that's an introduction, you know, a very short introduction yeah. to my personal story and journey into permaculture, if you like. Yeah, that's that. That's awesome. And um, I mean, and just actually going back to the whole punk 
the punk movement. I mean, you mm -hmm. actually, which I found fascinating. You, I mean, you still play guitar and, and you actually have your own punk rock band um, <laughs> called Warty Hubbard and the Magic Couple. What, what a, an amazing name. And, and maybe at the end we can uh, hear a little bit of it. But, um, but Graham, I mean, is, has music always been a big part of your life? Yeah, I think it has really. Yeah, it's been very, very important. You know, not just punk music, but you know, all sorts of music, really. Jazz, um, a lot of I listen to a lot of kind of avant-garde music, a lot of kind of experimental music, stuff like that. So yeah, it's always has been a really important motivator, I guess, or you know, mm. um inspiration, you know, in my life, I think. That's great. That's great. And just getting back to the permaculture, talk about how some of these principles actually can be applied in our lives. I know I know that's something you've talked about, that it's, you know, much more than just, you know, a technique for for gardening, but it's it, it goes mm -hmm. much, much deeper. What are some of these permaculture principles and how how can they be applied in our lives? Um, yeah, because quite often we think about permaculture principles in terms of the garden or nature or um, the landscape. But often I think they can be kind of metaphors for, you know, other aspects of life. Um, so I guess, you know, there, there are all these principles. Um, I'm not sure how familiar your listeners will be with the permaculture principles. But for example, you know, maybe talk through a couple of them. I mean, the, the key one, I guess, is work with nature rather than against nature. And, you know, we can think of that in terms of, you know, we actually work with the natural world. We actually work with soil and soil organisms. We work with kind of wildlife and encourage wildlife to come into our gardens, to carry out those functions that we might otherwise, you know, have to do ourselves. But I think you can take it as, you know, work with nature, work with the nature of people, work with the nature of our communities that we're, you know, sort of working against, you know, and trying to impose their ideas around our communities. It's, I guess it's about, you know, one of the key principles of permaculture is also observation. So listening, you know, what what's actually going on here? What's going on in the situation? Whether it's your garden, you know, if you're, some of your crops are being attacked by, you know, again, air quotes, um, pests. You know, our first response might be to kind of run to the run to the garden centre and buy some kind of spray to spray on the, you know, spray on the bugs to stop them doing what they, you know, stop us them damaging our crops. Actually, maybe sit back. What's actually going on here? You know, is this a, is there actually systemic function uh, dysfunction going on here is there something fundamentally wrong with our system that's causing an imbalance and we can kind of see that in our gardens but maybe that might be the same situation in a social context you know certain things are happening within our kind of communities things are kind of going you know appear to be kind of going wrong or becoming dysfunctional do we rush in there and try and fix it or should we maybe step back and think well what's actually really going on here what who what what's actually at play within the system why is the system becoming dysfunctional and by taking that observation you know that kind of don't just sit there don't, don't just do something sit there which is kind of one of my favorite permaculture principles we can actually observe what's really going on here and then we're better prepared to make you know, a a um, 
maybe a kind of an intervention that is minimum effort but will actually have the maximum effects by kind of you know does that make sense mm, absolutely yeah absolutely and, and i think another of my favorite principles then is you know the problem is the solution which is a really nice one you know um there was a quote from bill Mollison, who was one of the um pioneers of permaculture movement if you like he used to say um you haven't got an excess of slugs you have a duck deficiency which is basically about switching things around actually taking a you know a kind of a lateral thinking view to what's going on and actually something that appears problematic when we actually kind of step back and look at it from another perspective often the solution is actually within there and I think, you know, another an, another example of that might be, for example, losing your losing your employment, for example. It's, it's a problem. It's a challenge. It's, oh, my God, I've lost my job. But actually, it might open up all sorts of other possibilities that you might not have considered otherwise. So I think that might be another good example of, you know, the problem is actually the solution. Something that appears a challenge on the surface, actually it can be opening up a whole lot of possibilities when we just step back and think out the box, if you like, if that doesn't sound too, uh, too glib. <laughs> yeah. No, no, that, sound, that sounds great. I mean, would you say, Graham, that permaculture, so, so doing it, you know, for these past 30 years and applying these principles, how would you say it's changed you personally over these years? Oh, gosh. Um, yeah, in many ways, I think. Um, certainly in terms of, yeah, just kind of approach to the world, I guess. You know, actually, where can you embody these principles in your day-to-day life and it can kind of give you that different perspective, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, for example, I, I talked about the um, the problem is solution um, principle I just mentioned. Um, several years ago, about 20, it's actually about 20 years ago now, I'd, um, I ended up in a, um, I got, I work in, or worked in social care, working with adults with learning disabilities, and I was actually kind of quite good at that job. And through being good at a job, you tend to get promoted to higher positions, and I ended up getting promoted into a management position where I wasn't actually having any direct face-to-face contact with the people that I enjoy working with, you know, adults with learning disabilities, the whole social care side of things. And through various things, I won't go into too much now, but um, I actually ended up getting quite ill from that, like stressed out and ended up taking a long time off work through just sort of not being able to cope with what was going on. And it was very much a problem with the solution thing. So it actually like brought home to me, well, actually, I'm, not doing a job I'm enjoying anymore, what actually happened to me there? And it actually gave me a chance to kind of reassess what was going on in my life and was actually able to say, actually, I don't want to be in a management position anymore. I just want to go back to, you know, the day-to-day work, working with people and that kind of close contact. So that, that for me, was a good example of the, the problem is the solution. You know, mm-hmm. something that was very, you know, it wasn't particularly nice going through that period, but in the long run, it actually realized, made me realize I'd actually kind of lost sight of 
where I was going in my own life. Does that make sense? Yeah, um, yeah. And, and you know, Graham, I, I also um, just from from learning about you, that a lot of your work is taking some of this and bringing it, taking some of these principles and bringing them out into the community. And mm-hmm. and I heard that you started in terms of people with learning disabilities. You you designed and implemented a raised bed for for people with learning disabilities in the back of a pub is that is that yes. right <laughs> that's right yeah and that the the story of that um again i was just the railway pub in uh south england sea where i live it's very much a social community unfortunately it's closed down now since the um the covid thing because they had to they had to shut and they were not able to reopen but anyway that's by the by but um this is going back all about um eight or nine years ago um, it's very much a community pub. There's live music. There'll be punk bands playing. There'll be jazz bands playing. There'll be films showing. All sorts of kind of community events happening in the pub. And one time I just happened to be chatting to the manager of the pub, a guy called Dave, and he was asking me about, you know, what's permaculture then? And I was telling him all that permaculture and we were having a chat about organic gardening. And he said, you know what? He said, I'd love to sort of grow you know, love it if we could grow some vegetables at the pub, you know, grow some organic veg here. And I said, well, well, quite often these sort of conversations will happen, you know, in a pub or wherever. And, you know, it's an interesting conversation, but nothing ever comes of it. Well, on this particular time, I said, well, hang on, Dave, well, let's do it. Let's make it happen. And as I say, at the time, I was working in a place that was just around the corner from the pub. And it's like we were looking for activities and community engagement for the people that attend this particular day centre. The pub had this space. We thought, well, you know, again, it's that permaculture principle of edge, bringing things together and creating, you know, things at the edges, the places where exciting things happen. And so, let's say, they had the space. We had the people. Let's just kind of bring it together. And that led to developing this raised bed garden. You know, it was built on concrete, so we just got a load of pallets, um, you know, shipping pallets, uh, and cut them up and line them with um, kind of, um, I don't know if you, you might have a different word for it in, in the US, but just what we call builder's bags. It's just those big plastic sacks where you'll get a ton of kind of sand or soil or whatever delivered we've got a load of those cut them up and create this raised bed garden it was really yeah it was a really nice nice project Mm. and i think it just showed you know what we can actually do when we come together just with these spaces that might not look all that promising you know even in the urban landscape there's all this potential for um for projects and, and and doing stuff basically so yeah so that went really uh that was a really good project. That's wonderful. So it was unfortunate that the place actually closed down fairly recently. But, I mean, these things have their life sometimes. It lasted for about eight or nine years, and other things have come out of that. Uh, for example, you know, you were talking about the punk thing. Um, we used to run, you know, as a direct result of the uh, little community garden we created at the pub, um, we used to run once a month on a Friday afternoon, like a music thing in the pub. We called it Jump Up and Join In. 
and it was basically a kind of an open mic where anybody could come along and just get on the stage and make music or sing or play a guitar or just shout or <laughs> do their poetry or whatever it was. And it was very open for, as we said, anybody could come, but people with learning disabilities were particularly welcome. So we used to get a lot of people that would just, you know, probably never had a chance to have their voice heard. They could just get up on the stage and uh, we do kind of like punk songs or rock and roll songs or Elvis Presley songs or whatever. And it was it was a wonderful thing. You know, mm. it was really uh, something I really liked to get that going again. But that was the thing that directly came from, you know, the garden project. So oh, wow. it, it goes off in all sorts of directions, I think. That's, that's yeah. the important thing. Oh, that's great. And you never know where it's going to go. You know, you just do it and see where it goes. You know, some things work, some things don't, but that's okay. You know, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Graham, a few final questions that I, that I usually sure. ask everyone on the show. Um, if someone out there is listening and they're feeling a little hopeless, a little powerless, and they were, they were hanging out with you, Graham, what would you tell them? Ah, gosh. <laughs> That's quite a quick, um, I, know. I think, like, yeah, I think I've kind of almost said it in a way that, you know, just, just do it and see what happens, you know. Um, yeah, I think, you know, sometimes you just have to take that step into the unknown and uh, say, see what happens, really. And I think there's something there, something I've been thinking about a lot is also taking the long view as well. Um, I was actually in Cardiff Museum couple of, um earlier this week actually a few days ago and there's a little display in there about kind of history of Wales but also the history of like the world you know the over the four and a half billion years that we've you know the world has been here and there was this rock you know you know it just didn't look particularly exciting just this rock that was sort of on display that you could touch and this rock was actually the oldest rock in the world, apparently, it was discovered in Canada or something like that. And it's something like this rock is something like three billion years old. And you can touch <laughs> oh this rock. Wow. And I guess that really gives you a perspective that actually whatever's going on, you know, when you when you have that kind of deep time view of things, you know, that I guess it's like all things will pass, but all things will continue as well, I think. So mm. I mean I'm actually you know, there's a lot of challenges at the moment, particularly the stuff around climate change and the response to that. But I'm actually a very optimistic person. I think that, you know, whenever I run a permaculture design course, there'll be about 20 or 30 people in the room at the end of it coming up with their design projects for the future. And you think, well, actually, there are all these people doing this really inspiring stuff. And I actually do have a lot of... Um, hope and optimism for the kind of the humanity for humanity but also the planet as well you know just life on the planet it will go on no matter what happens it will go on and we will go on i think you know so mm. yeah so. beautiful beautiful graham Thank um you. final question if you had the opportunity to travel back in time say 50 years what mm -hmm. words of wisdom would your current self share with your younger self? <laughs> ah, words of wisdom. I'm not sure if I've got many words of wisdom. Um, <laughs> I think I'll just say, I mean, I have very, very few regrets in life, you know, and um, 
I think I think I'd just say to myself something like, you know, carry on, just carry on as you are. You, you're going to do all right. I think that would be my my message to my younger self. So. Mm, that's great. Graham, where can people go that want to learn more about you and your work and your, your projects? Where, where should they go? Um, my website is probably the best place to start, um, which is Spiral Seed, as you said earlier, um, www.spiralseed.co.uk. And that will take you to courses and publications and uh, all sorts of other kind of projects I'm involved with. So, um, mm. yeah, that's great. You know, I was telling Graham at the beginning when I was when I was researching him and his his work, I, I started listening to some of his music. As I mentioned, he he's in a in a punk band. Um, and I was listening to some of his music. So I had I had it all cranked up in my car and I was listening and uh it, it, it was fantastic. Um, and Graham is going to do us a, a huge honor here. He's going to take us out of the show with one of his songs called Go Organic. Uh, <laughs> okay, so just... I am so excited right now because, uh, like I said, I just really enjoyed your, uh, some, of your, some of your music. So this is really, uh, really fun here. Okay, just give me a second because my my guitar is actually on the other side of the room. I'll just go <laughs> and get that. So all right, so we're gonna so Graham Graham is gonna go get his guitar, but um, yeah, he had he had this one other song called "Here Comes the Slugs," and it was set to um, "Here Comes the Sun" by the Beatles, and um, he had a few others that were just just great. And and you'll be able to if you go on to his website, you can um, you can you can access some of his music, but. Uh, I haven't heard Go Organic yet, so I'm I'm pretty excited right now. Okay, I, I, just to say the, the the one you're talking about, here comes the slugs. That was actually from a that's not actually my song. That's actually from a book called um, the Beatless Songbook, mm. which is a book full of um, it's basically Beatles songs but rewritten with some lyrics about kind of permaculture and organic gardening things like that. A very fun book. So. Yeah. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head who who's kind of written it, but if you look for the Beatles songbook, you'll you'll find that somewhere. So all right, there you okay, go. Okay, so um, here we go. We go. I'm hoping this will pick up okay on this microphone, but all right, I'll give it a shot. Creator future for an 
your plans for everyone to share. Those seedlings and communities that both need a lot, a lot of care. But don't worry, just get those seeds into the ground. Permaculture, revolution, let's green our sad towns. Awesome. Graham, thank you so much. That was amazing. Thank you. I hope that came out all right. Um, yeah. I haven't got a special microphone or anything. So uh, No, I think it sounded great. <laughs> I was I was bobbing my head. I tried not to knock the microphone over because I was, I was getting into it. But uh, I, I think I think we got it. I think that was great. It's great. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Drew Perlman Show. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. In the words of Mark Twain, 20 years from now, you will be more disappointed by the things you didn't do than the things you did do. So throw off the bow lines, sail away from the safe harbor, and catch the trade winds in your sails. Explore, dream, discover, and stay well, everyone. <laughs>